Bam! Another edition of Project Action on Podcast One coming at you from the Polaris Razor Studios. I'm your host, Jim Beaver. Uh, we got a fun one today. Today I had scheduled to do to drop an interview with Justin Brayton and Juliana Daniel and do like the Supercross recap. You know what? You can catch those interviews on the Down and Dirty Radio Show. It's on here on Podcast One. It's also on iTunes, my website, downanddirtyshow.com, nationally, AFN, all kinds of things. We had a late call into the national show on Tuesday. Just going to be honest with you, it was Leah Pritchett, your NHRA winner, and uh, I, had, you know, I'd worked to try and get her on air, and um, she was traveling. She got back to us right before the show. We slotted her in at the end of the show. We ended up going like ten, fifteen minutes overtime. It was such a good interview. I just went, you know what? We are going to air that in its entirety, uncut, director's cut edition, right here on Project Action because it's that good. So uh, this week on Project Action, we've got Leah Pritchett, complete shredder when it comes to NHRA Top Fuel. She's a throwback. She'll drive anything at any given time. First time I've ever interviewed her, and uh, i got to tell you, man, it's almost 30 minutes of solid gold radio. So... um, that's pretty much what we're doing this week on Project Action on Podcast One. So uh, thank you guys uh, for tuning in. Uh, once again, Leah Pritchett, she's on the show today. Uh, thanks to everybody who subscribes, rates, reviews on iTunes to this show, as well as my other show, the Down and Dirty Radio Show. Uh, if you do subscribe, please hit that button there on iTunes. But uh, once again, if you leave a rating or a review, it really helps me out, uh, truly helps me out. But if you do that, if you leave your Twitter, Instagram, at username in the body of the review, I will follow you back on social media. That's how I know who you are and you're a listener to Project Action or the Down and Dirty Radio Show, and that's how you get follows from me on social media. It's as simple as leaving your social media tag right there in the review on iTunes. I check them weekly, and I'll follow you back. So if I don't do it in 24 hours, don't get mad at me. Give me like a week. Sometimes it takes a while, like this week. I'm going to the Indianapolis Grand Prix in Indy. And in Indianapolis, you know, kick off to the Indy 500 weekend. I will be there. I'm going to do a bunch of IndyCar interviews. Some of those will get cycled into Project Action the next couple of weeks because it is the month of May in Indianapolis and uh, the biggest month in IndyCar racing, probably in auto racing. But, uh, yeah, so that's happening this weekend. I will be there. If you're out at the Indianapolis uh, Motor Speedway, hit me up on social media at JimBeaver15. Let me know you're there. I'd love to meet my fans or listeners or supporters, whatever, whatever. You love me, hate me, I'd still love to meet you. You listen to me on radio. So it's at JimBeaver15. Tweet me, Instagram me, direct message me, Facebook me. Use the Facebook groups.com slash JimBeaver15 or downanddirtyshow.com, the contact form. You can get a hold of me all those ways. Let me know if you're out there, and I would love to uh, meet you guys, meet up, and, uh, you know, it's it's always a good time. So uh, thank you guys, uh, you know, once again for tuning in. we got Leah Pritchett on the line today or on the show. Uh, this is a Director's Cut interview taken from um, – 
the Down and Dirty Radio Show episode earlier this week. Um, but uh, before we get to that, got to tell you about a couple of our amazing partners here on Project Action. First is our good friends at True Car. And you know, here's some useful car tips you might not be aware of. Coffee filter and a little bit of olive oil can clean your interior. Removing excess weight from your car, it'll improve your gas mileage. And you can take your key fob, put it on your chin, and increase its range. It's all weird, right? Well, here's another tip that might you might not know about. True Car also helps people get used cars. That's right. True Car isn't just for buying new cars. With their certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million used cars, you'll enjoy real pricing on actual inventory and a simpler buying experience whether you buy new or used. And with TrueCar, users can see what others paid so they'll know they're getting a good deal before they buy. They're also more likely to enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with TrueCar certified dealers. So when you're ready to buy new or used, check out TrueCar and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. And you know everybody's got a to-do list. Mine's a mile long each and every day. Sometimes it's answering email, sending ma- mail, paying uh, paying bills, dropping off dry cleaning, picking up groceries. Here's an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance to your to-do list. Good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything or go anywhere. All you have to do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Extra money in your pocket just may be the most rewarding thing that you do today. And, you know, if you like this show then you should check out Eyes on Sports with Susie Schuster and Rich Eisen. Every Wednesday on Podcast One Sportsnet, the Emmy-nominated sportscaster and her equally impressive husband examine the latest stories in sports from the eyes of both professionals and parents. Check out the Eyes on Sports at Podcast One Sportsnet and Apple Podcasts. And also remember to rate and review. And with that, we are going to roll right into this epic interview with NHRA winner who took home the Wally this past weekend in Top Fuel, Leah Pritchett. Uh, welcome to the show, Leah. Hi, yes, good afternoon. How are you? Man, well, it is a good day for me, uh, but it's a better day for you. Anytime you're driving home after a victory, it's uh, it makes the drive a little bit sweeter, right? Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's 10 hours, 14 hours, 2 hours, or 15 minutes down the street. I mean, I've, when you're rolling home with a, with a Wally on the front of that dash of the of four Schumacher team it's it's good for everybody all the way around yeah well and we got to talk about that I mean how how's it feel I mean we're uh, we're a little bit into uh, the the NHRA season this year I mean you, you know you feel like every going into every year it's like you got a little bit of a monkey on your back it's like then you get the first wall and it's like all right the monkey's gone now we can like kind of it's like you, you get past that and then it's like seems like when it rains it pours sometimes I'd like to think so I mean every year that I've raised uh, I've come into that season with a little bit different mentality, basically because it's just circumstances. Um, excuse me real quick. I'm going <laughs> to I'm, – I'm outside because I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying being home. It's been about uh, 21 days since, uh, since I yeah. – we've been on the road. So, yeah, when you, get, when you get off to a season and everybody has, you know, high hopes and, and expectations, and I think that's particularly because 2017 we came out so strong. Uh, but – we didn't like we definitely didn't let that get us down that we didn't have the hottest season out of the gate and that really is because we we're trying some new things we knew that we needed to put a lot of effort into the more difficult tracks and uh that's what that's what we saw today was just Todd and Joe accumulating everything that we had done in the beginning of this season and uh and sticking to it not just 
taking some information and kind of filing it away, but really, really chipping at it. And I think that's what we saw. I mean, we know that it wasn't, I, you know, I didn't go out there and win those rounds. Those rounds were won because our race car hit the finish line first. It was able to keep traction on a track that was very, um, you know, that was, you know, not the easiest, easiest to navigate. And that's because of a, a lot of data and a lot of dedication that the crew chiefs had to really making sure that we, you know, have a solid setup for these hot tracks where last year we had, you know, a pretty solid setup for our cool tracks. And, you know, if everything works out perfectly in the way that we would want, you know, we'll mix those two together for the rest of the season and, uh, and you know, keep, keep going strong on the track. Yeah. Well, and it's funny you mention that because I, like, I got to say, I, you know, I'm an off-road guy, so I come from, you know, desert racing and things like that. And th- this year I've been fortunate uh, with Steve Torrance and Antron, you know, they become friends and they went and raced a razor with me at the Mint, but um, they invited me out to a couple of races. And in the past, like I've been an NHRA fan for years, but like, you don't realize, like I've been educated this year and, and like I didn't realize what actually happened in the top fuel car and the different data. I think a lot of fans look at it and they just see a track as a track and it's straight and you just put, you know, you know, I guess stomp the loud pedal as Clay would say, right? Um, (laughs) You know, but like I've, you know, now being able to sit in a top fuel car and see what goes on and talk to the guys and, uh, you know, talk to the drivers and actually be there and, you know, stand 10 foot behind a top fuel car in Vegas when you guys unleashed hell on the track. Like, there's a lot that happens. I don't think people realize the technology and the data, you know, that you guys are gathering and changing on the fly depending on weather conditions. And there's so much that goes into these. And I think it's like it's been an educational experience. And I think on the outside fans looking in, they don't realize, one, how busy you are in the car, but, two, how busy the guys are back in the pits after you make a run. No, you're exactly right. And, I mean, me too. Even when I was growing up, I've just been a fan of drag racing. And it does. It 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 does. It looks simple so to speak right these cars are blistering down the track but it is quite exactly the the opposite so each team has about two crew chiefs um that make the calls when i say make the calls they're analyzing that data we'll have about 52 54 pickup channels um that go into our race pack and when you download that you're looking at your drive shafts where your where your bearings is set at your, your clutch flows um, how much that, that clutch wore, your RPM, timing, everything that what you put into that car. Now, it doesn't pop up and say, okay, yes, the track conditions are this, and the, the barometer is that, and altitude and humidity. And it doesn't tell you what to do. You have to make those – those crew chiefs have to make those adjustments. So there's a, num- there's a couple different things that you can do once you have left the pit area and you're in the staging lanes before you actually get onto the racetrack. And those last-minute minute adjustments – have to do with specifically the grains that are in the air and where that altitude is changing to but you'll change overdrive you know you'll change top pulleys in the in the staging lanes tire pressure some teams even actually change their rear tires in the staging lane (laughs) Um, but that's because different sizes of tire uh, are needed for different race uh, you know for different race track temperatures to timing maps you know a, a crew chief will roll up there with two maybe three different timing maps within their box and make that very last minute adjustment uh, based on what the cars ran in front of them to be able to you know really put it down let's say for instance on q2 uh, so we just left atlanta that was the southern nationals and q2 of any race that you pretty much will go to or a fan will go to you would bet that that is going to be the best session of the entire weekend why because the first one is probably going to happen at about 1 or 2 p.m., and the second one's going to happen at about 
four or five. Well, sometimes in the summer you push them back and you get down the track at about 7 p.m. That's the only time that you're going to race when it's that cool for the whole weekend. So it's going to be your, your quickest run. So we're second to last pair, and in front of us um, there had been a, a substantial oil down, and time is ticking. 15 minutes go by, 20 minutes go by. The sun has now set behind the grandstand. The track is cooling off significantly. So the cars that ran in our category in top fuel earlier in the session ran, you know, probably 45 minutes, maybe 50 minutes ago, and the track had dropped, I think it was 15 degrees, and now things have changed. Things have gotten good. So Clay Milliken runs in front of us. He runs a 375. We had we we had put in a hot uh, a good tune-up in our car, but we really weren't trying to push it, push it. Well, Clay goes out there, runs a 375. I don't think anybody had run in the 70s at all um, that I could see. And I remember my crew chief putting his head in Todd Okahara, and he's like, dang it he's like because we, we we put in a car to run like a 378 we were pushing but not too hard and you yeah. see clay go out there and just rip one and uh that's what we ran we ran a 378 but for these crew chiefs to to and that put us number two for that night to know exactly from these such different variables and i'm talking like 24 different variables that you change between each each round um to really put it down and magnify it into an exact et of of where it's going to be fast on the track because cars are set up differently. Some cars just get out of the hole really fast and have just a, an awesome 60 foot time. Some take a, a slower time to get out off the starting line and then the power ramps up in and there's different spots on the track. And of course, down track, that's when the, the, the motor and the clutch go one-to-one. And for us, we particularly had some traction issues on the top end, spinning the tire uh, where you're down on mile an hour instead of going 300 and, 24 miles an hour you're going 314 miles an hour because the tire is just slipping way more than it should and when that happens as a driver and you would know i mean you you know what tire spin is all about (laughs) uh it wants to walk around on you that butt end wants to go sideways back and forth and these tracks are you know these grooves are super narrow and and you stick with it and you just have confidence that that 8,000 pounds of downforce in your 11,000 horsepower car that you pretty much have detuned now to maybe 10,000 horsepower to get down a hot racetrack is going to make it to the finish line first. So there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. Well, and I know, and it was funny talking with uh, with Torrance, and this was in uh, Vegas, and he was saying, which is weird because he's been really good at, you know, and I know obviously you've got to tie in with there with Torrance too, but um he's, you know, he's been really good at the four wides. And he's like, as a driver, he's like, I hate that. He's like, I, you know, he's like, you talk about everything that goes into it. And then you add two more cars at the four wides. And it's like, you got so much going on. And it's like, you're looking at different lights. And Steve's like, he's like, and normally you use your peripheral vision. And I've learned all this year to see where the person next to you is. And he's like, if you don't see him, you know, you're good. If you see him, he's like, by then it's too late, you know, but then you've got four. So yeah. then you don't, you know, you don't get a chance to really see everything that's going on around you. And I mean, just as a driver, I mean, how are you like two versus four? I mean, a guy like Steve says he hates him. He's done really well at him. But you, I mean, obviously NHRA has <laughs> embraced him. We're going to see more four-wide racing. Uh, you know, how, how do you as a driver, how do you like it? Uh, well, I'm just I'm glad that they don't happen in the countdown. <laughs> <laughs> just to keep things as consistent as possible then. I, I, you can, okay, so you can like it or you can not like it. But either way, it's not going to change the situation. They're going to uh, be there. I so agree. I have kind of changed my attitude towards I do like it and I'm going to spend an extra amount of time thinking about it and trying to perfect that craft now I had a had a situation at the four wide where our in our lane it was timed out you have seven seconds 
from the first person that puts on that full full stage all the way till the last person that goes in. Um, well, each person has seven seconds to fully stage. But I, it, the reason I don't like it, okay, I'm going to get to the first and foremost, was elimination round number one. I'm in the lane number one all the way to the left. And we get out there and we smoke the tires a uh, little bit earlier than a couple other cars have done. But all I know, all I can see is that in lane number two, that car is ahead of me. They are not smoking their tire. I cannot hear or see what lane number three and lane number four, way over on the other side, like all the way on the West Coast over there. I, <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. So I'm pedaling it. I'm pedaling it. Like it's, it's on the verge of maybe trying to get some traction, and it's got no hope of getting traction at this point. And uh, but I, I stick with it, and I know, okay, may, maybe I might be able to make it to the finish line before lane three and lane four. But I pedaled that car and stuck with it longer than I probably would have on, well, for sure, than on any other normal race. But what that did is, I mean, we <laughs> that the, that motor doesn't like it. Those R's come up. It's spinning the tire. We lifted the blower. We really, really hurt our favorite injector. And we've got, every team's got, every properly equipped team's got two maybe three uh, injectors and they've got one that they really, really like, you know, one that has been customized and is, has been dialed in perfectly. And that one we hurt. So when we came to Atlanta, you know, cause we're on the straight on the road from Houston to Charlotte to Atlanta, there's no time to take it to Aerodyne and get it fixed up. We have our backup injector in and you know, that, that changes a lot of things that, you know, linkage is as close as possible you know clearances are as close as possible but there's certain parts that we had just really perfected so we went into atlanta and and uh you know even i could tell a little bit of a difference even from from a throttle perspective with that injector and they just those are those are things that you just adapt to and obviously i think we adapted really well (laughs) by winning this last weekend's race but when it comes to the four wide uh i think i had a secondary opinion about it because in vague or i'm sorry in um in Charlotte, I was racing another category as well, factory stock. So in the one, in every day, every Friday and every Saturday of that, that race, uh, I would go from four wide, 11,000 horsepower, top fuel dragster, that mindset to, well, I was only racing two wide then, and it's still a pro tree, but I was leaving off of what you call a two-step. So my reaction time is based off how quick can I release my left foot off the brake, which the two-step is engaged on, as opposed to, 45 minutes later, being in a top field dragster, how quick can you slam that right foot throttle down before anybody else? Um, so it's just different driving styles as they happen in, in very close uh, proximity of time, all while at the four wide with a four wide tree, but sometimes on a two wide. So it's, drag racing can be really, really simple. It's the first one to the finish line, um, but it is actually, I think, one of the most complex, most technically um, outrageous on tip of the you know tip of what is new what is going on um and who who can who can find power and who can make it stick to the track sooner than anybody else to a detail standpoint that's um that's a drag racing it is and that's why those crew chiefs up there make all the calls and then you know you just get like torrance and i who just drive the race car <laughs> Well, and, just kidding. I, I love Torrance. Yeah, no, I love Steve. He's become one of my. I got to tell you, when you get texts from Steve Torrance, you never know what the heck they're going to be. Let me tell you that. Uh, that's one thing I love about Steve. Uh, but talking about being busy at the four wides, I mean, we got to talk about triple duty at Gainesville. I mean, I, I call you a throwback because you'll you'll drive anything at any given time. I mean, I think that's what everybody loves about you. But I mean, triple duty at Gainesville—that is a—that's an undertaking. 
that was a, that was quite a situation. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I I knew going into it that I was gonna be you know pulled in in a in a ton of different directions. But I I guess how I'm looking at it is uh, so like just like you said, I'll get in and into anything and drive anything. But that's just because that's the only choice I've ever had. Um, you know, not coming from a, a well-off family or or racing. You know, just. I always had to find sponsors to drive someone else's car and I could only drive the car that we owned, uh, you know, until we, until we ran out of money. So I had, would have to take any opportunity that I was given or created and make the absolute most of it. And so when I drive three cars and for those who might be list, or listening, but not know, so the top fuel car is first priority and we're, we're chasing for points where we're, we're qual- every qualifying matters. We're, we're trying to get ourselves into that countdown. And then this year, we have added our well, I've added uh, to the series the factory stock showdown which is seven events within the 24 events um, where I race factory stock for Mopar and what that is is a very very heavily regulated class where each of the each of the the big players Ford Chevy Mopar they create a car that's from factory that you buy I mean any listener can, can buy this and, and what we're running on the track is what you would buy from factory and we're we're allowed to change things from a from a tune-up standpoint, but really not we're not allowed to get heavy customization. So when a Mopar wins on the track, that is actual Mopar technology engineering power. When a Chevy does it, it, it comes straight from them. So it's as close. It's like pro stock, but what it like you know what it stood for a real long yeah. time ago, and keeping the cost down. So I raced that car, and then when I'm the Papa John's top fuel dragster, and the car's gold. Uh, Papa John himself comes to the track and he likes to put his 71 Camaro, his original one on the racetrack. It's fast. It's quick. It runs nines, And I race against him and whatever I can get my hands on. <laughs> and we match race and we raise $20,000 for the infinite hero foundation. Uh, particularly Gainesville. I was running, uh, I was running a Copo thanks to Sam tech edu and that I had never even sat in before. Um, we we were able to kind of get it down the track and it we needed a little bit more time with it but at the end of the day that's um ultimately infinite hero foundation's the one that made out but yeah it's it's three different cars and i have to give a big thank you to the fans to understand that when i'm at the track and i and i have multiple teams and places and, car, and cars to be that um I try and fit it all in, but I've never wanted there to be 48 hours and 24 hours more than when I'm racing those cars so I can fit everything in and everybody in. Yeah, and that's going to be pretty cool for you to have a sponsor like that, you know, that actually eats, sleeps, breathes this stuff too. He's got no problem going out there and jumping in a, you know, in a drag car. Like a lot of sponsors, that's, you know, they they sit in suits and, you know what I mean, they they love what they're seeing and things. But he that's got to be cool for you to have a guy who, you know, a sponsor who, who he understands because he's got no problem jumping in a drag car. He definitely understands. And I think it's it's become it's because of where he where he came from from nothing and creating Papa John's from a broom closet and just I mean, he is like he does he stands for just all American hard work, dedication, focus and driven through your passion. His passion is pizza. That's how we got linked up was he saw the passion that I had for drag racing and I was down on my luck and uh he just wanted to help our team and I and then that's I mean, and he's a car guy and then we were able to come up with, he's like, man, let's, let's, let's raise some money for these charities. And he's like, I'll do it. I'll, I'll go drag race my car. I don't know how to do it. I, I've never been that fast before. And, um, 
when he's at the track, I mean, I think our our demographics really align well, uh, not only just from pizza, but, I mean, drag racing and even, I mean, in off-road racing, it doesn't get any more, you know, dedicated to power and just pure grit. So, yeah, he's, you'll never, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen him in like a suit and tie. He'll have his, his jeans on and his cowboy boots or he's wearing his race car suit and um, cutting it up with the guys. And he, he definitely is a true fit um, with our team and what he stands for. So, uh, there's, hopefully there's more to come. We've got more charity challenges this year. And even Antron Brown, uh, <laughs> he races against Papa as well. And so both Antron and I have lost to Papa John this year in that charity challenge. So <laughs> we, uh, we need to, you know, rack back up the, um, you know, the number of wins here at DSR. Yeah, I was going to say, DSR not faring so well against Papa John, huh? <laughs> No, we'll get it though. We'll get it. Oh, uh, that's too funny. That's that, that's actually pretty rad though. Um, <laughs> before we let you go though, I gotta say I thought it was pretty special um, this past weekend. I mean, you as a female driver, you said you you fought your way. You've come up from nothing, but NHRA has really embraced. You know what I mean? The, I guess the female movement in motorsport, and you know, really you know, embrace you guys as equals, which you are. But to have you and Courtney Force in the top two divisions in NHRA, both on the podium, I mean, is you know, is the females fought to get where you're at? I mean, how how special was that this weekend? I mean, I thought it was super rad. I, from a from a woman's standpoint, I love it. But I'm just going to be real and honest. You know, Courtney ran against. You know, my boy, my Mopar guy, Hagen, in the final. And I, I, I would have loved to see Hagen win. Um, but on, I was asked a similar question, and they said, you know, what is NHRA doing with, with embracing the women? You know, were you, did you know about that? And I'm just like you and anybody else that's seeing that national dragster come in the mail, you know, on every, every two weeks, just like anybody else. of like, okay. They're, um, what they, I guess what they've done is they've, they've recognized the success that that females have had and are continuing to have but the way that i look at it is like i say you've got a bag and in it 10 per you and it's a bag of uh, of chips right like you know like craps chips or something and 10 percent of them are red and the other 80 percent are blue and every time you you pull up you know you're 50 percent of the time you're you're getting these red chips and maybe sometimes more than that. And you're just like, man, what's, what's up with these red chips? Like the odds don't work out. So I don't look at it as male versus female. I just look at like what, what's going on with the ratio of these red chips keep, keep doing, you know, great things and going fast and winning. And I think I dedicate it to the people we have around us. So I think because the team owners like John, obviously those are his daughters, but what Don have recognized that yes, females can do it too. Let's surround them with the most capable and, and best talent. And they're going to rise to the top just as any male would. And it, um, it, it's, I, I call it a triangle. So the fans embrace it, the sanctioning bodies embrace it and the teams embrace it. And when you have all three parts of that triangle come together, then I think that's a successful formula to where, Maybe in um, and I'm a little bit familiar with off-road series, and you know maybe in NASCAR, not all three parts of those triangles embrace it the same yeah. amount. And I think NHRA has done the best job of that, and um, they're not afraid to push it out. But they went out on a limb. I mean, I got to thank you from somebody. I think at NHRA, they're like, whew, if you know, thanks Courtney and Leah for uh, <laughs> for winning, making that women you know movement you know give it a little bit more validation. But we didn't have to do that. That was just no. <laughs> we were 
it just kind of the chips fell the way that they were, and, and I think they're going to continue to fall like that. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And uh, before we let you go, though, got to ask. Uh, I'm, you know, we we got mutual friends over there at Hoonigan. I know you've, uh, you know, been a Hoonigan driver for quite a while yourself. But uh, you got any fun projects coming up with them that uh, uh, at some point this year? I I'd like to think so. We're in the planning phase right now, and we're really just looking at, at scheduling and when when and where those those fun things would happen. But I think what you might see is a, a little bit more. I want to. Um, you know, whether it be a build or, or some more serious content, there's, there's definitely more coming down the pipe. Um, that's, that's for sure. I, I love, I love them. I love, I'm sure, I'm sure everybody does. They, they blow the internet up every, every, every midnight, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> with their DT. But yeah, there'll be more to come. It probably won't be in the next month or two, but maybe like a, uh, something, you know, by the time our countdown comes around. Awesome. Well, I appreciate the time, Leah. You enjoy, uh, I guess, your off, you know, your off week or two, and uh, uh, we'll definitely, uh, definitely love to get you back on later on this year. But uh, congrats on the victory! Uh, amazing to see you guys, and uh, you know, thanks for taking the time to call in. Absolutely, I appreciate that. Thank you. What you do with Antron and and with uh, with Torrance and and crossing over between off road and drag racing, and sometimes I feel like we're off roading, but I appreciate <laughs> that. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll hopefully talk to you next yeah. time. Well, we had a ton of fun with them. I got to tell you, I got this thing here. If you ever want to come off road racing, I got the platform for it. You're more than welcome anytime you want. So. Uh, <laughs> be careful I'm a, I'm a, i might just do that well antron and steve both got my cell number and so does leah there at dsr you can text me anytime we'll make it happen so <laughs> very cool all right thanks a lot leah take it easy Thank you. big thanks to leah pritchett for calling into um the national show and um you know so good we just had to re-air it here on project action on podcast one thanks to everybody for uh listening in today uh, make sure and uh you know social media at jimby for 15 uh shoot me those messages if uh, you're going to be out at the indianapolis grand prix this weekend that's where i'll be at we'd love to meet some of you guys if you're tuning in after that you can always uh, social media me ask me questions you know suggest guests uh questions for the show q a's whatever at social media anytime i definitely uh check those regularly um and uh don't forget go over to itunes subscribe to this podcast uh leave a rating or review if you leave your twitter instagram at username i see them i'll follow you back same goes for my other show the down and dirty radio show powered by polaris razor check it out at uh, downanddirtyshow.com or you can follow that on instagram at down and dirty show so uh thank you guys thanks again to uh geico true car our supporters of this podcast uh i got a lot to do man i'm heading to indianapolis Anytime you get to go to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, it's a good day, and I'm heading there this week. So uh, I'm going to cut this short today. Be safe. As always, game on.